This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Varied Types by G. K. Chesterton Chapter 15 Matterlink The selection of thoughts from Matterlink is a very creditable and also very useful compilation. Many modern critics object to the hacking and hewing of a consistent writer, which is necessary for this kind of work. But upon more serious consideration, the view is not altogether adequate. Matterlink is a very great man. And in the long run, this process of mutilation has happened to all great men. It was the mark of a great patriot to be drawn and quartered and his head set on one spike in one city and his left leg on another spike in another city it was the mark of a saint that even these fragments began to work miracles so it has been with all very great men of the world however careless however bocce may be the version of maeterlinck or of any one else given in such a selection as this it is assuredly far less careless and far less bocce than the version the parody the wild misrepresentation of Maeterlinck, which future ages will hear and distant critics be called upon to consider. No one can feel any reasonable doubt that we have heard about Christ and Socrates and Buddha and St. Francis, a mere chaos of excerpts, a mere book of quotations. But from those fragmentary epigrams we can deduce greatness as clearly as we can deduce Venus from the torso of Venus or Hercules expede Herculem. If we knew nothing else about the founder of Christianity, for example, beyond the fact that a religious teacher lived in a remote country, and in the course of his peregrinations and proclamations consistently called himself the Son of Man, we should know by that alone that he was a man of almost immeasurable greatness. If future ages happen to record nothing else about Socrates, except that he owned his title to be the wisest of men, because he knew that he knew nothing, they would be able to deduce from the height and energy of his civilization the glory that was Greece. The credit of such random compilations as that which E.S.S. and Mr. George Allen have just effected is quite secure. It is the pure, pedantic, literal editions, the complete works of this author or that author, which are forgotten. It is such books as this that have revolutionized the destiny of the world. Great things like Christianity or Platonism have never been founded upon consistent editions. All of them have been founded upon scrapbooks. The position of Maeterlinck in modern life is a thing too obvious to be easily determined in words. It is perhaps best expressed by saying that it is the great glorification of the inside of things at the expense of the outside. There is one great evil in modern life for which nobody has found even approximately a tolerable description. I can only invent a word and call it remotism. It is the tendency to think first of things which, as a matter of fact, lie far away from the actual center of human experience. Thus people say all our knowledge of life begins with the amoeba. It is false. Our knowledge of life begins with ourselves. 
Thus they say that the British Empire is glorious, and at the very word empire they think at once of Australia and New Zealand and Canada and polar bears and parrots and kangaroos. It never occurs to any one of them to think of the Surrey Hills. The one real struggle in modern life is the struggle between the man like Maeterlinck who sees the inside as the truth and the man like Zola who sees the outside as the truth. A hundred cases might be given. We may take, for the sake of argument, the case of what is called falling in love. The sincere realist, the man who believes in a certain finality in physical science, says, You may, if you like, describe this thing as a divine and sacred and incredible vision. That is your sentimental theory about it. But what it is, is an animal and sexual instinct designed for certain natural purposes. The man on the other side, the idealist, replies with quite equal confidence that this is the very reverse of the truth. I put it as it has always struck me, he replies. Not at all. You may, if you like, describe this thing as an animal and sexual instinct designed for certain natural purposes. That is your philosophical or zoological theory about it. What it is, beyond all doubt of any kind, is a divine and sacred and incredible vision. The fact that it is an animal necessity only comes to the naturalistic philosopher after looking abroad, studying its origins and results, constructing an explanation of its existence, more or less natural and conclusive. The fact that it is a spiritual triumph comes to the first errand boy who happens to feel it. If a lad of seventeen falls in love and is struck dead by a handsome cab an hour afterwards, he has known the thing as it is a spiritual ecstasy. He has never come to trouble about the thing as it may be a physical destiny. If anyone says that falling in love is an animal thing, the answer is very simple. The only way of testing the matter is to ask those who are experiencing it, and none of those would admit for a moment that it was an animal thing. Maeterlinck's appearance in Europe means primarily this subjective intensity. By this the materialism is not overthrown. Materialism is undermined. He brings not something which is more poetic than realism, not something which is more spiritual than realism, not something which is more right than realism, but something which is more real than realism. He discovers the one indestructible thing. This material world on which such vast systems have been superimposed. This may mean anything. It may be a dream. It may be a joke. It may be a trap or temptation. It may be a charade. It may be the beatific vision. The only thing of which we are certain is this human soul. This human soul finds itself alone in a terrible world, afraid of the grass, it has brought forth poetry and religion in order to explain matters it will bring them forth again. It matters not one atom how often the lulls of materialism and skepticism occur. They are always broken by the reappearance of a fanatic. They have come in our time. They have been broken by Maeterlinck. End of chapter 15